So this year is coming to an end. And just like last year, I'm going to share my seven life lessons I learned in 2022. This is an opportunity for me to talk about things that I probably wouldn't share anywhere else. And honestly, I have no idea how long this video is going to be, but I think it's probably going to be a long one. And for some of you, it might be worth clicking away. But for the rest of you, you're going to get a very intimate look into my mind, into my personal life, things that... Uh, as I said, I don't normally really make videos where I would feel the need to share this sort of stuff. So on that note, the first lesson I learned in 2022 is that the tide is shifting. And for those that are aware, you still have a chance to break free. But for 99% of people, it's superfluous. It doesn't matter. The wheels are already in motion. The chains are already put on and the train has left. You know, you saw this interesting phenomenon in 2022 where a lot of these concepts that used to be sort of underground the past few years. I mean, even if you look at the stuff I was saying this exact time a year ago, back when I was still a pretty small YouTube channel, I was talking about all of this stuff and I've been talking about this stuff for years. But, um, you know, I will talk about very sensitive topics. I'm not, you know, I'm very comfortable losing customers, clients, friends uh, for being the totally opposite of politically correct. The things that are coming, and you can even see in the past two years, the things that have happened, they don't apply to you if you have money. And the way that things are going to go in the next 10 years, right? Way, way, you think this thing's going to stop like in a month, two months? There are going to be more and more and more lockdowns. And there's going to be another, you know, there's going to be once all the stuff is over, there's going to be lockdowns for another reason, which is that I won't get too much into here, but there's going to be another reason that they're going to lock you down and going to say, you have to stay inside, you know, to protect everyone else for this other reason. And I said, I mean, I would talk about that in some, some other video. What have I been saying to you guys for the longest time? What have I been trying to drill into you? So you can see in that video that I was talking about this stuff a year ago. In fact, I've been talking about this stuff for almost three years. It's just, it sounds like it's a brand new theory. You know, I was uploading videos in 2020 about the whole, <clears throat> and you know, how it was one of the biggest scams and farces the world has ever seen. And I was getting YouTube strikes all the way back in 2020. It's just, I don't know what happened, but for some reason this year, the world started to listen. You know, it's just for some reason, when I was talking about this stuff three years ago, I was labeled a conspiracy theorist. Crazy, insane. How could you even say such a thing? Whereas now it's, I'm not saying mainstream, it's common knowledge, but people question things and people are questioning a lot more things, a lot more things that are put in front of them than they used to even a year ago, I've noticed. So for the people that know, it's very good. But for the people that don't, things are looking very, very bleak. You know, I have to refrain from using certain words, but we've got the rollout of uh, certain currencies, which are track, trace, everything to the T. In fact, it's programmable money and not in a positive way, in a way that, you know, let's say, for example, you, you drive your car a little too much. Okay, cool. The next time you apply for a mortgage, your rate has just gone up because your social credit score has just gone down. So this programmable money will be fully in place by 2025. And anyone who was sort of in the know back in, you know, 2019, 2018, we all knew this stuff was coming. But as I said, it's super interesting to see sort of it start to go mainstream. You know, people are starting to look at it and question it. People are starting to question, okay, why is it that I'm not allowed to eat meat? Why is there such a heavy push on veganism? Why are they trying to shame people for having meat? You know, it's good. People are finally starting to question these things. You know, people are finally starting to question why you've got idiots like Al Gore who are saying that all beachfront property will be underwater by 2020 yet conveniently, they own lots of beachfront property. It's so funny when you see all these people who are advocating for, oh, you know, the earth is getting warmer. It's getting warmer. Everything will be underwater. And then they fly to these summits 
in their private jets. And by the way, don't you dare tell me I don't care about the environment because we are ruining our oceans. Pollution is a very real thing. What we're doing to the forests are disgusting, but that's not what they're focused on. What their focus is, is a very similar focus to what they did for two years, which is try to make you believe that your actions are leading to someone else dying when quite frankly, they're not. They're gonna make you believe that you getting in your car and going for a drive is leading to people dying when it is not. And I don't care how many university students that have never experienced the real world, have never had to do any critical thinking or be responsible for anyone, let alone themselves. I don't care how many of them throw soups on paintings to try to make a big statement. It is a whole load of BS and it is another one of their traps. They've been saying this stuff since the 80s. They said in the 80s that by 2000, the levels would rise so much that all of these cities would be entirely underwater. And you know what they did? They kicked the can down the road 20 years. Oh, by 2020. Look what happened in 2020. Nothing. So now they have to kick the can down another 20 years. Oh, by 2040. And while all of this is happening, they are very conveniently buying up all of the beachfront property. While Mr. Gates is telling you, don't eat meat, you're a bad person. He's very conveniently buying up all of the farmland. It's funny how these things work, isn't it? So ladies and gentlemen, I wanna congratulate you because you're a part of the people who are awake and see where this is going. And the scary thing is, is that I'd say by the end of 2023, even if people wake up, it's too late. The damage would have been done. And if you don't escape their systems and do what I've been telling everyone for five years publicly, which is get financial, time, and location freedom. Location freedom is very important, by the way. So that way, when they do tell you once again that you can't leave your house, you just pack up and leave. So ladies and gentlemen, the first lesson from 2022 is that the tide is shifting. And it's a very beautiful thing to watch. Now, my second lesson in 2022 was realizing the value of building a company to sell and sort of realizing, you know, I've always thought the net worth is a you know a whole load of BS. You know, I had friends of mine last year that were worth 10 times on paper net worth what I was worth. So what I realized, they didn't do the wrong thing. They just did it in the wrong order. The order you need to go is you need to build a cash flow business. That's what I did for six years with my agency. And then in those early stages, you need to invest it in medium to high risk investments that have an asymmetric yield. As in, you know, there could be a decent amount of risk, but the reward is so high that the risk is actually worth it. Now, obviously, you, you know, don't go putting that money into a meme coin or something like that. But you basically do that until you have a nest egg of a few million. And then you basically just go for safe investments. You know, these days, it's, it's so funny. I am so risk averse. These days, it's really just about managing the money I have, growing it steadily, not being too crazy with my investments. And that was basically my formula to go from zero to 25 million earned it was cash flow of business and then invest. Now this year in 2022, 80% of my focus has been on my software company, Agency Flow. You know, what we're doing with Agency Flow is insane. In the last 28 days, and I'll get the actual statistics. So I'm checking now, we have grown our MRR, which means monthly recurring revenue. It's gone up by 39% month to date. Our active subscriber count has gone up by 149 and that was actually because we implemented a new scaling plan. You know, basically for those that try to cancel their subscription before they cancel, we give them an option for sort of a cheaper plan. But, you know, because we understand for a lot of people, they might be focusing on signing their first one or two clients. You know, after your first one or two clients, paying $95 a month or $245 a month is very little. And agency flow actually saves you money because all the money you would have spent on all these other softwares, it's cheaper just to use agency flow. But anyways, we implemented a new scaling solution. And so anyways, our active subscribers are up 149% 
32%. That is insane. Our churn is down 32%. So that doesn't mean that let's say 40% and now it's 32. It just means it's down, you know, 32%. You know, so let's say for example, from 4% to 2.8%. Obviously I can't tell you the actual numbers. You know, obviously any company that's looking to buy it, they don't want other people knowing the numbers. So that's why with agency flow, I can't tell you guys the specific numbers. I can tell you guys ranges. And you know, there's a lot of smart people out there that have kind of started to figure it out. So yeah, it's been beautiful. I'd say the number that I'm uh, you know, most happy about is definitely the churn rate. The more we can get the churn rate down, the better. Obviously, it's a software. So I mean, obviously, if someone's unhappy within the first 14 days, they can ask for a refund. We give a refund, no questions asked. But outside of that, it's, it's a SaaS, which means they pay monthly, which means every single month we need to make sure that people love agency flow. They would never think of another solution. Otherwise, they cancel and then our churn rate goes up. So it's very, very good to see that a lot of the features we're rolling out people love. And the real crazy thing about agency flow and all of this growth is we spend zero dollars to acquire a customer because quite frankly, that is what my education and e-learning company is for. And you know, there's some very smart and astute people on YouTube that have basically figured it out. And, and I've seen a couple of videos, so I'll drop some clips in here. So Iman has so far got over 2.6 million views on his digital renaissance event. Now let's say very, and I want to highlight very conservatively, only 0.1% of them views convert into an enrollment for his education company. Now let's say 50% of them actually sign some clients and end up signing up for agency flow at 95 US dollars per month. That's $127,000 extra in MRR. Now, if you turn that $127,000 of MRR into ARR, annual recurring revenue, and times it by a 10x valuation multiple, it will increase the value of his SaaS company by around $15 million, bringing his SaaS value to around 50 million US dollars in less than one year of running. So for example, with Ross, his video, he was pretty much spot on. Numbers are a little off. They're actually a little higher, but he was giving the example of digital renaissance, digital renaissance, no digital renaissance. It really doesn't make a difference. I mean, you know, in full transparency, when we ran the event, we did $3 million on a regular month at the education company, we do a million dollars. And the crazy thing is we do that on a regular month with no ads in my YouTube videos. I never mention the program. I never tell people to buy it. I never people to check it out. Nothing. You know, you can check the last 10 to 20 YouTube videos I've uploaded. I never tell people, oh, check out my program, nothing. You can check the description. I don't put the link to my program anywhere. On my entire YouTube channel, except for you know an event like Digital Renaissance, I have the link to my program on one video. And that's it. You know, we literally get all of these customers, we get a million dollars a month in revenue just through word of mouth. That's it. Literally just word of mouth. That's all. And we get all those customers through word of mouth because it's just that good. Now, look, I know that a million dollars a month sounds, uh, you know, insane or wild, but the margins on that business are very, very small. I have like 30% margins. By the time that I paid for my team and I have a massive, massive team at GYA, I mean, it's insane. We're over a hundred people. Like, that's wild. So by the time that I pay for the team, by the time that I pay for the custom platform, because we're always updating, you know, we have this beautiful custom platform that we spent a few years building out. And in fact, in 2022, we gave it a facelift. So I spent a lot of money on developers and stuff like that. You know, by the time that we build all the schools in Nepal, I'm left with around 30% margins. And you guys have watched me over the space the last few years. I've been very fortunate to build a few cash flow businesses, the main one being my agency. And then look, I will never say that I'm a crazy investing expert. Anyone who invested money in 2020 made a lot of money in 2021. So the reason I say that is, you know, a business that, you know, profits a few million dollars a year, it's, you know, it really doesn't change my life at this point. What does, if I'm being honest, change my life is a software company. I'm going to sell my software company in a few years 
for half a billion dollars. Mark my words. This time last year, I told people that in 2022, I would hit 500,000 YouTube subscribers. We're nearly at 1.5 million. And quite frankly, even if I don't sell the company, I don't mind. The cash flow is insane. You know, pretty much 80% of my wealth now comes from my software company. And I've been having such a good time with software. And it's also just a very like clean, respected business. You know, I'm going to talk about sort of online education in one of the later points, but online education just still has the stigma of, oh, it's a dirty industry. Whereas for some reason, if you're in software, people really respect you. So anyways, that's actually why I bought another software company last month. And I had a very interesting interaction with a guy called John Danes, who was one of my students back in 2020 in one of my old iterations of the program. And he's now making $180,000 a month from his agency. And he's actually one of the coaches in Agency Navigator. So I was messaging him and I I was basically saying like, hey, you know, do you use this software? Can you vouch for it? And, you know, he came back, said glowing things, very, very good things. And at that point, I'd actually already made the offer and it had been accepted. And he was like, oh, why do you ask? And I was like, oh, I just bought it. <laughs> so that was definitely a very uh, interesting interaction. And I know this portion was a little bit long winded, but the reason I say all of this is because before I never cared about net worth. Now I've started to realize that the wealthiest people on earth, the reason they're multi, 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 multi billionaires is not because they have a hundred rental units. The reason they are multi multi billionaires is because they have a company that's valued at multi multi tens of billions and they just take a loan out whenever they want. And the best part is loans are tax free. Now I live in Dubai, so I don't need to worry about tax anyways. But that's really how you get to the hundreds of millions. You know, I've been very, very fortunate to get to the tens of millions. And now next year, I'm looking at nine figures in the space of the next few years. I'm looking at multi multi nine figures. Who knows? Maybe even the big B. All right, this will be an interesting one. So the third lesson I learned in 2022, and this isn't so much of a lesson, but I guess a, a realization or a, a thing that I experienced was this was the first year, I think, in my entire life where I wish I had a father. Now, I, um, I haven't told anyone this. Um, I haven't shared this with anyone I haven't really spoken about this, but in the same way, I think if you lost your dad or your mom, of course, it would be a horrible thing to go through, but I think it would almost be, it'd be weird for you to go through life without, let's say your dad. I have the opposite. To me, it's almost weird, the idea of having a father. You know, for me growing up without one, it's weird, the idea that I would go on my phone and, and text my dad, call my dad and, and ask him for advice or ask him for guidance or, or just a feeling of safety, like someone has your back. And I think this year, I don't know why, it just started to dawn on me that I, I really have no one. I really am alone in this. There's no one that I can call. There's no one I can turn to. And I think even if I had a dad, he probably... You know, you probably wouldn't be able to understand the things that I have to go through on a daily basis, the pressures, the crazy things I have to deal with, the responsibility that I have on my shoulders at this age. But I think this is the first year where I wish I had someone who who shared my blood, who created me, who I could call, even if he didn't know what it was like to run multiple companies, just someone to call, you know, just... I think I'm just going around circles. I think I just realized this year, like I don't have a dad. I never have. And you know, some of you guys may know little tidbits of my story. Some of you guys may not, but um, basically my uh, biological father, uh, he was an alcoholic abusive. So 
my mom tells me the craziest stories about that and uh, the reason it's funny is not because of the things the things she went through are horrendous I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy there the reason I laugh is because my mom is just so Russian the way that she tells me I mean it really is insane I mean it's just very Russian it's very crazy my stepdad was by far the most evil man on earth that I have ever met bar none and I guess I have to be grateful because that shaped the person that I am today but ladies and gentlemen I wish I didn't know so much about Satanism. I wish I didn't know so much about evil. I wish I didn't know the dark, cold realities of what goes on in this world. I cannot explain to you the feeling when you watch Monsters, Inc. When you're seven years old and everyone thinks that it is a movie, that it's a child's movie, that it's just another Pixar, Disney... <clears throat> that it's just a friendly... Pixar Disney movie and you're seven years old and you realize that that movie is about Satanism you're seven years old and you realize that just like real evil just like real Satanism you think of everything that God is and I've been very public for very very many years that I have always believed in God I've never been an atheist and the reason I believe in God is because of evil because I understand there's dark and there's light. You think of everything that these holy texts preach and then think of the opposite. Think about a world where you get rewarded for imparting evil onto others. Ladies and gentlemen, watch Monsters, Inc. again. And then you realize something very, very scary about a lot of these children's films, which is, which is, that, it <clears throat> which is that it's all about Satanism. And ladies and gentlemen, that is what runs the world. And who knows, I might even get deleted for that. But anyways, I think that's a very long story for another day. The main point is, I realized this year how alone I am. I have the most incredible support system. My close friends are the people who were there when I had nothing. I genuinely could not ask for a more incredible circle around me. My gift from God was a mother that is so amazing. She makes up for a mother, a father, a grandma, a grandpa. She's the only family I need. But at the end of the day, I am alone. I'm alone, I have no one to turn to. And it is a level of loneliness that very, very few people will understand. And I don't know why, but I just had this weird feeling this year, for the first time in my entire life, that I kind of just wish I had a dad. And maybe it's just this fantasy in my mind that, you know, if I had a dad, that I would have someone that I could turn to that I feel like could, that could make me feel a little less alone in my endeavors and my conquests and my pursuits and everything that I'm doing. But who knows, maybe if I had a dad, he wouldn't be any of those things. So maybe it is just that, maybe it is a fantasy. And who knows, maybe my great gift is that I have an incredible mother and me and that's about it. I would be lying to you if I sat here and I said that it does not plague my mind. And it does not matter what skin color you are, it does not matter where you went to school, it does not matter what, what college or university you went to, there is not a single thing on earth that puts you at a bigger disadvantage than growing up in a single parent home. And let's be honest, 90 plus percent of the time, that means growing up in a single mother household. And I'm very proud of myself for fighting through all of that, overcoming adversity, overcoming challenges, but I'm not gonna lie. I live in a $10 million beachfront villa here in Dubai, and I sit sometimes outside on my dining table, I smoke a cigar, I look out into the ocean 
And I wonder, why does he never call me? Why has he never tried to reach out? So as I said, who knows, maybe it's, it's just some fantasy in my mind. And who knows, maybe I'm a lot happier without a dad. But hey, I've never tried to hide things from you or sugarcoat my life for the past seven years. I'm not gonna start doing it now. All right, swiftly moving on. The fourth thing I learned in 2022, it's that it's okay to have a year where you feel nothing. And that's actually quite a funny juxtaposition of the last point that I was making. For the most part, in 2022, I felt very little emotion. There are years where I feel 101 different emotions. I'm, there's just, it's a very expressive year. 2022 was not one of those. And I'm like, this is terrible. Like, it feels like this year just went by so quickly. It felt like I didn't, I just, I didn't really feel too in the moment or I didn't feel like I experienced that much. And I realized that's fine. It's okay to have mundane years. It's okay to have years where everything just kind of blends into one. As long as those years you get ahead. And this year has been incredible for me for work, for my team, for a lot of things in my life. There was a lot of successes this year. So I guess the point that I'm trying to make is that it's okay to have a practical year. It's okay to have a year that just kind of flies by as long as it's not flying by because you're playing video games and eating Cheetos and every day just day and night blends into one because you never leave your bedroom. That is not okay. You cannot let that happen. But if there's a year where you basically just work so much that it feels like the year went by like this, but you also accomplish so much and you set such strong foundations, then that's fine. That's amazing. And as I said, I just think there's so much fluff in the whole self-help world that you have to have balance and you have to optimize for your happiness and all this stuff. It's a whole load of shit. Listen, there's certain years, pull up your boots, do what you need to do. I still had a lot of fun this year. I guess it's just interesting. I had a lot of fun, but it just, I didn't really remember much of it. It just, there was so much work that clouded it. And there was so much sort of important stuff to do that clouded it that I said, just the year kind of went like that. And what I'm really trying to say is that's okay. Like it's okay to have years like that. Now the next lesson or the next observation that I had in 2022 was that, is that I'm starting to see a shift in online education or at least the perception of it. You know, I think people are really starting to see that online education really is the way forward, but I'd say that the vast majority still want to hate online education for some reason. And look, I will say, I do understand uh, sort of the public perception around it, but I think things are also starting to change in the same way Jeff Bezos and Amazon was called a scam for many, many years. And then 10 years later, he looks like the biggest genius on earth. I think the similar sort of thing is going to happen with education. I think, look, at the end of the day, there's only so many times universities and colleges can take the piss and literally ruin people's lives with student loans. I mean, think about it. If you wanted to get a 200K loan at the age of 18 for a business, first of all, maybe one in 10,000 would get approved for it. And second, you best believe that it has to be a bulletproof business plan. There has to be a proof of concept. There has to be a business plan and it has to be an airtight case. Yet any 18 year old can get a 200K loan in the United States for a liberal arts degree. Oh, what are you gonna do with that degree? I don't know, I'll, I'll figure it out. I don't think people realize you actually have to pay back those loans at some point. It's not free funny money. It doesn't just come out of the sky. And it's funny, online education and universities are in two different leagues in terms of the way that they have to conduct themselves. In online education, you have to provide refunds. You have to have a refund policy. Now, I will say there are some refund policies that in my opinion, aren't very ethical. I see a lot of this like action-based guarantee. You know, if you work 25 hours a day, eight days a week, and you can prove that you worked every single minute of every single one of those days and hours, then 
we'll give you a refund. So I just think a lot of those are very manipulative. You know, Agency Navigator, we have a very simple, no questions asked 14 day money back guarantee. And yeah, sure, that means that we have, you know, five, 6% refund rate. And I'm totally fine with that. I'm totally fine that, you know, five, 6% of people come in and they realize, oh, you know what, actually this is a little bit more work than I was expecting or they realize, oh, you know what, actually maybe this way of life or this business model isn't actually for me or or whatever it may be. And I'm very happy with that. You know, so just very funny for me to watch the people who call online education a scam, you know, who say that a program that is one one hundredth, one two hundredth the price of, you know, a college education and, you know, actually give you real tangible skills to make money in the real world, or maybe not even make money, maybe even just get a skill that then means that at your job, you can then command a higher raise and a higher pay. You know, I'm just so passionate about online education and I'm starting, I think the shift is, I think we're really gonna see it in 2024, 2025. And I think, you know, the people who do things the right way, I think by 2030, they are gonna be heroes. In the same way, Jeff Bezos, you know, in 2001, everyone called Amazon a scam. They called, you know, Jeff Bezos an idiot, all this stuff. And then 10 years later, he was literally this business mogul, the same people that were calling him a scam, you know, now think he's this business mogul, this titan. And, you know, unfortunately, that's just the way the world works, especially for people that see ahead of time, they see where things are going. And, you know, for anyone who's been following me for a long time, you would have seen that in 2017, my bio, and, you know, this is way before I had an education company or, you know, or us actually building full e-learning platform at GYA, my Instagram bio says, said, I'm on a mission to reform the education system. And this was, as I said, way before I had any program. It's always been something important to me because for me, education is the way out. I know I got a little emotional earlier on in this video, you know, pull out the world's smallest violin, whatever. I didn't have a dad growing up, okay? Or cry me a river. But maybe my love for online education, maybe I'm just projecting, but I had to learn this online. I had to learn everything online. In the first few years of me starting my business, I was buying programs 24 seven. Whenever I had extra money, I would buy a program because I would understand that, okay, let's say it costs, you know, a thousand dollars or $2,000 or $500. I might learn one small little thing, but that will help me then run my business and grow my business. And, you know, and then eventually gets to a point where I'm making millions and millions of dollars a year from my businesses. So for me, education has always been something that's important. In fact, my long-term goal, and I'm talking in 10 years time is definitely not for me to still be teaching. My long-term goal is is I basically just want to create something like Masterclass. I don't know if you guys know, but Masterclass is worth $3 billion with a B, $3 billion. And I don't know if you know, but their revenue is something like $140 million a year. You know, it's funny. I could probably turn ads on and run ads 365 days of the year and GYA would be a $60 million a year company. You know, I have a lot of friends in the education space and they all shout at me. They're like, bro, you realize you're leaving like tens of millions of dollars on the table because, because you don't post your program link in any of your videos. You don't mention Agency Navigator in any of your videos. The only time you mention it ever is we do two events a year. And then at the end of the event, we give some sort of special offer. And by the way, I don't think I'm going to run those events anymore because it's the first time I've overtly, like actually explicitly made an offer or sold anything pretty much all year. And it's so funny to see, you know, my team for YouTube, I spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. I have three full-time thumbnail editors. You can literally spend hundreds of thousands of dollars a year trying to help people. And then if you sell something once, they get angry. Ladies and gents, do you notice there's no sponsors on my videos? I do my utmost best to never sell. Yes, yeah, so to be honest, as I said, I don't think I'm ever gonna run an event because it's just, I like the fact that at GYA, I never have to sell, I never have to talk about, I never have to, it's just all word of mouth, which is like the most beautiful thing ever. And yes, sure, I can make tens of millions of dollars a year more, 
by going on podcasts, talking about it, having my links everywhere, having all this stuff, but it's not my main business. I love the fact that it's literally just word of mouth. So yeah, anyways, back to my point, masterclass. I really love online education. I know that some people find it very funny that I've built five schools in Nepal using the profits from GYA. I know they find it funny because they're like, you love online education, but you build physical schools. And that's because I don't believe online education makes sense for every person. I just think it's a much better alternative to spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on college education. So yeah, obviously, you know, my main thing long-term will be my software company, but I'm starting to, you know, I'm really starting to think more and more about building a different version of masterclass. You know, after the first year, maybe even selling a 10 or 20%, even just to lock in the valuation. Uh, I think it'd be very, very cool, you know, to have, uh, I think masterclass has done really, really well. The only issue with masterclass is they spend so much money on advertising. They're not profitable. Whereas I know how to do this stuff profitably, you know, with an organic audience. So yeah, I guess that's the other thing I noticed in 2022 is I started to see, I think more and more people are starting to realize that online education is more pure. Online education is actually held to standards. So I think it's very beautiful to see that people are coming around and starting to realize that online education is the way forward. So the sixth lesson I learned in 2022, and I guess I've been learning this over the years, but I think it really started to hit home in 2022 was the realities of money and fame. And I want to make something very clear. I'm not famous. I'm definitely no celebrity. I'm not famous, but I am very, very well known and I'm definitely very public. And it's insane. I probably spend $150,000 a month just on protection. What I mean by that is lawyers, a good family office to actually manage my operations, manage all the headaches that come around, all the compliance, all the this, that. So as I said, lawyers, family office, uh, security. I have a whole workforce. I have a whole team behind me multiple, multiple staff, as I said, probably almost $2 million a year I have to spend just on security. Ladies and gentlemen, every single week, every single month, we try to hack into my own stuff. My own team hacks into my own stuff. It's something known as penetration testing, and it's a very arduous, very timely, and very expensive task. Everything from that to simple stuff. My mom isn't allowed to use her real name anymore. I don't let her. My team doesn't let her. When she goes to a coffee shop, if she's at Starbucks, she doesn't say her name anymore. She has to use a different name. And I know that might sound ridiculous. I know that might sound crazy to you guys. And bear in mind, three years ago, I didn't need to do this stuff. As I've gone more and more public, as I've become more and more of a target, ladies and gentlemen, one day, I'm sure in 10 years or 20 years or 30 years, I will tell you guys the war that I go through every single day I wake up and it's something new. My life is not very peaceful. It's some new crazy thing I need to go through. And when I say the reality is of money and fame, this is what I mean. Everyone thinks they want to have tens of millions of dollars a year and Uh, you know, all this fame and all this stuff, I can tell you right now, it comes with a lot of baggage. And, you know, I'll tell you what one of my guys, basically, he he basically just calls it insurance. You know, touch wood, you never need insurance. But when you do, you need it really bad. And that's a little bit what cybersecurity and physical security is like. Most of the time, you don't need it. But when you need it, you need it really bad. And most people aren't prepared for this stuff. Everything from that to just life adjustments. You know, if you ever meet me in Dubai, come up, say hi, no worries. And to be honest, wherever you are in the world, I, you know, I kind of talk about money and fame, the reality of it. Let me tell you something. I'm so grateful for every single one of you. It puts a massive, massive smile on my face. I will always, I don't care who I'm with. I will always stop. I'll always have a chat. Most importantly, I will always ask you your name. I want to know a little bit about you. I want to know how you found out my stuff. Now, bear in mind, this is very, very rare. But if you come up to me and you're like, oh, I think I saw you on TikTok once. Can I get a photo? You don't know me. You just want a photo because you think I'm someone important. I might not even be someone important at all. I may be a horrible person. 
But as I said, that's very, very, very rare. That's the only time where I'm not really willing to, you know, entertain something. But 99% of the time when someone comes up to me, they go, hey, I love your videos or hey, I love your perspective on this or I watched your video six years ago or hey, you're the reason that I believe that I could do it because I watched you as a broke 15 year old that you can't afford to eat a 15 pound meal. It's too much money. So that's why I was on a diet of pot noodle and I don't know if any of you guys, for everyone else, just ignore this. But for everyone from Britain, I'm not proud of this in the in slightest. To me, this is absolutely shameful. It's disgusting that I did this, but whatever, I'm not going to lie to you. You know, in Sainsbury's, you go and you have all the cookies and all the bakery and stuff like that. And a lot of times, I don't, I don't know if it's the same now, but you know, back in 2015, they would put the price on the bag and then you would have to input what the price is. I would just put it as one pence. So whenever I was buying food for myself, and the one thing I want to always give credit to my mom, she always made sure that I was well-fed. Any money that she made from being a a retail clerk at Harrods making minimum wage or making minimum wage working front desk assistant at the NHS hospital. Whatever money she made, she made sure I was well-fed. So I wanna make that very clear. But whenever I bought stuff, it was pot noodle, it was the Sainsbury's cookies, and I would put the price as one pence. So as I said, I'm so appreciative and I'm so grateful when people come up to me and they tell me these stories and I will always entertain it. But the reason I say all this stuff is Dubai, there's no safety, there's no security concerns. That's one of the reasons I love it. But anytime, anywhere in the world, I am except for Dubai, you may not realize, and that's kind of the whole point, but I always have my CPO close protection officer with me. Sometimes I have my main one. Sometimes I have another one as well. Anything more than two security is a little ridiculous because at that point, if you're a person that's wanted that badly, like that, that bad, they're going to get you either way. So the reason I say all this stuff is just, you know, most of last year I didn't have security. This is really like a 2022 thing. You know, when I'm, for example, on dates with girls and I'm in the restaurant and I know that my close protection officer is at the bar. And let's say, for example, I'm walking on the street. I guess it's just a life change to know that there's someone literally three meters away who's literally there to make sure you're safe in security, who follows you everywhere. And I don't want this to sound like a pity party thing, but it's just, it's just life is different and it's, yeah, it's just different. There's no other way to put it. So I guess 2022 definitely made me realize and I do not even want to know what it's like to be real famous because I'm not famous. I mean, actually, this is probably a good leeway into last point. And the seventh and last thing I learned in 2022 is I started to really understand my influence. You know, I may not be super famous, but statistically speaking, I am the fastest growing YouTube channel in history, you know, apart from mindless prank channels or, you know, 2016, 2017 vlog channels, anything to do with self-improvement, health, business, finance, anything to do in this world. I think we grew 350,000 subscribers in November or 340, something like that. That is the fastest growing YouTube channel ever. There's no one that has grown faster and we're not slowing down anytime soon. So I guess I'm really starting to understand the influence that I have. As I said, most of the time I don't really leave my house. I live in a big villa in Dubai. I have a chef, I have a driver, I have a living maid. I don't really never need to leave, but it's crazy, especially when I go abroad, like London or Miami or Bali or basically anywhere that's not Dubai. I don't know why, but for some reason, I don't know why in Dubai it doesn't happen too much. Maybe it's because I'm only time I ever leave is really just at night when I'm having dinners or, you know, lunch meetings or stuff like that. I mean, really is just insane. It's constantly all the time people are coming up, asking for photos, showing love, spreading positivity. As I said, I really don't want you to think that any of this I take for granted. And I personally love it. And as I said, I love it because for me, I understand that people are coming up because of me. There gets a certain stage. And by the way, I don't think I'm ever going to get there. There gets a certain stage of fame where people are coming up to you just because they want the clout of having a photo with you. They don't give a shit who you are. They don't respect you. They don't 
They don't care, none of that. All they want is just a quick selfie, so that way they can get the validation and they can get the likes. And I'm very blessed to say that no one that comes up to me is like that. It's it's all love. It's like, I'll be honest, I've personally loved, I, I, I wouldn't call it fame, influence, right? I love the amount of people that I reach. I personally love it. It comes with complications. You know, my life is definitely different and it's just, I accept it. But personally, although there is... A lot of drawbacks that come with it, net, net, I definitely enjoy it. And now with understanding my influence, it makes me be thinking a lot more mindful of what direction I'm going to take because I want to continue to spread this message and everything, you know, I've said a lot of things here that people get for, and I don't want you to take that lightly. Ladies and gentlemen, there are a lot of deaths that happen, especially with a lot of artists, a lot of very famous people, and they say these people deleted themselves. They didn't delete themselves. These people got deleted because they were about to shine a light on even one of the few things that I've talked about here today. You know, I can point back to a lot of things, obviously in my childhood, a lot of, I guess, anger and and pent up emotion for evil and darkness and the bad out there. But it's just insane. The things that were coming out of my mouth at the age of 14, I literally looked my mother dead in the eye at the age of 14. And I told her the things that I'm going to accomplish in life, I will probably get, I don't want to say the word deleted for. I told her that when I was 14 years old. And by the way, I still wholeheartedly believe it. And and I guess for me, the game that I'm playing is how long can I keep doing this? And I've talked about it before, but my main goal is to be the Trojan horse. I want to look like just another finance business YouTuber. You know, I don't want anyone to bat an eye at me. And I'm going to keep my titles and my thumbnails very vanilla and very simple and very upbeat and nice and happy. But I'm going to sneak in a message in there. In the same way, this is the seven life lessons I learned in 2022. Let me reflect with you. But I'm always going to sneak some stuff in there. I'm always going to tell you things that no one else is going to tell you. Or the people who would tell you, they're long gone. They've had their platforms taken. They've been banned. They're gone. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm the only one standing. I'm the only one left. And I understand that. And it's a very, very scary responsibility. It's a very scary responsibility knowing that you have this message. And I refuse to water down my message. I refuse, just like I've been doing ever since 2020. I mean, ever since 2018, saying stuff publicly that you're not meant to, you're not allowed to say publicly. So I'll never change. I'll never water down my message. I just need to be very clever how I deliver it. Because anyone who genuinely believes that losing your Instagram or your Twitter or your YouTube, that you'll just be fine without it, that it doesn't affect you, it doesn't hurt you, is quite frankly delusional. YouTube is by far, without a doubt, the most powerful platform on earth for spreading your message, for building an audience, and for making sure that the world goes in the right direction. So for me, it's very, very interesting figuring out how to continue to navigate these waters and do it in a smart way. And relaying back to what I said when I was 14 years old, I always knew my destiny. I, I don't know why from a young age, I knew I was not destined for a life of peace, of uh, a life of a uh, passive income, sit by the beach. I always knew I was destined for something difficult. I always knew I was gonna tackle an industry or problems or challenges that was big and scary and would probably get me in a lot of trouble. And ladies and gentlemen, that's exactly what I'm trying to do. So on that note, those are my seven observations or lessons from 2022. I quite frankly don't know if I'll even release this. I'll see how, you know, once it gets cut down and my team, you know, maybe put some music over the top so it doesn't sound as depressing. I'll see, maybe I upload it. If not, then this is a fun little journal to myself. I love and appreciate all of you watching. 2023 is going to be hard. I hope you're ready for it. I'm I'm not going to beat around the bush and say it's going to be easy. As the saying goes, hard times create strong men. So, and for the 8% of women that are watching this. So I'll see you guys in next week's upload.